We're not going to sing songs about what you haven't done and how much you need to do better. We're going to sing songs about who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. And we're going to remember that. And that's going to fuel your heart. Welcome to the In Doubt Podcast. Hey, welcome to the In Doubt Podcast show. My name is Isaac, your host. And with me today in the studio is the wonderful Brittany Dagno. Hey, guys. Uh, We are in our second week in our series called Confused Church. Last week, we talked to Dr. John Newfeld, who's the Bible teacher here at Back to the Bible Canada. And this week, in just a moment, we'll hear from a conversation with uh, pastor and worship leader, Pat Sabell. And then next week, we're going to be talking to Jeff Vanderstelt on the community. So let's get into the conversation with Pat Sabell. Well, I'm in the studio today with pastor and worship leader, Pat Sabell. Uh, thanks so much for being here with us today. Thanks for having me. Um, it's actually a privilege to say that I know Pat as a friend as well as just a pastor worship leader uh, because this past January, I married my best friend, which is kind of connected in families because my wife's sister is married to your son. Right. So we kind of have that little connection there. So it's a privilege to be able to know Pat as a friend. Um, to those who don't know you, though, why don't you just kind of share with us a little bit about who you are, um, specifically how you met Jesus and how you kind of came uh, at a, for a passion when it comes to worshiping Jesus. Sure. Uh, born and raised in a family with uh, lots of pastors and evangelists and, and such. So um, gone to church all my life. Um, my mom at a very young age was teaching the five of us children to, to sing. I remember sitting around the living room with her playing the accordion, accordion. uh, teaching us (laughs) harmony parts. And, and so, uh, tried, tried early on to, uh, play a song with one finger on the piano and it just seemed like that there was some God given gift. And so, uh, very just always drawn to music. At the age of 13, just uh, had a radical conversion with Jesus. My older brother, uh, uh, the night before, stayed all night at the church, and God touched him and met him in a real way. And my mom shared that with me the morning I woke up to, to go to school that morning, and the bus had broke down because it was minus 40 uh, where we lived. And so I got to the bus, the buses broke, came home, threw my lunch in the into the kitchen and told mom I was going to the church. And uh, that day, I just had a radical encounter with Jesus at age 13. And everything that I kind of, you know, grew up with didn't didn't make much sense until then. That's awesome. That's so good. So singing in church, let's just jump straight in. So where where in the Bible do we see the church singing together and is worshiping through music a necessity for for the church? Mm. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, That's probably say first off there's there's over 400 references to singing um, there's 50 direct commands to singing in scripture mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know there's been some people say why not just pray and preach yeah, yeah. why sing uh, why are God's people throughout history always singing and if you go through history you see that to be true yeah. uh, why words and music and not just words alone um, why does God want us to sing? I think one reason that God himself sings, uh, we see that in Zephaniah 3.17, where it says that God exalts over his people with loud singing. Mm-hmm. So uh, 
We worship a triune God who sings, and he wants to, us to be like him. Mm-hmm. And so I think singing is, is at the heart of, of our triune God. God sings. He exalts over us, over his people with loud singing. Yeah. Um, the Bible's full of uh, music and song. Yeah. Uh, if, you, if you go back from Genesis 4, a guy by the name of Jubal or Jubal, <laughs> uh, he was the father of all who played the harp and the flute. Mm-hmm. Genesis 4:21. Uh, Moses sang a song of praise after the Exodus. Yeah. Uh, in Judges 5, Deborah and Barak sang after the victory that they experienced over Sisera. Uh, King David played his harp. Yeah. Uh, he wrote many of the psalms while he was watching his father's sheep. Uh, the Chronicles speak of, you know, the ark returning to Jerusalem and God's people singing, the priest singing and playing in the temple. Uh, we go to the New Testament, Paul and Silas are in prison and they're singing yeah. hymns of praise to God at midnight. Yeah. Um, and then Paul speaks about orderly worship in 1 Corinthians 14, and he, he says in verse 26, when you come together, right. uh, every one of you has a hymn has a revelation or a tongue or an interpretation, let all things be done for the building up. Yeah. Um, later, he writes to the church in Ephesus uh, in, in Ephesians 5, sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and make music to the Lord in your heart. So he's writing to the gathered church. Yeah. This is a, he's writing to a corporate local church and he's saying, when you gather, sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. We see that as well as he writes to the church in Colossae yeah. where he says the same thing, let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives yeah. in, in 316. And he says, teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives, sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankfulness in your heart. So we go to the book of Revelation. We start in Genesis, we go to Revelation, and what do we see in Revelation? We see the host of heaven singing. They're singing praise to God. Worthy is the lamb that was slain. And so Psalm 40, one of my favorite texts that says, he's lifted us up out of the Mm. miry clay. He set my feet on a rock. He's put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. And so the church throughout all ages has been singing. And I, and I think that's why we gather to sing and why we should gather to sing. Oh, that's awesome. Thanks so much for kind of taking us through that whole thing. As you're saying that, I'm thinking in my head, you know, after uh, God through Moses leads the people, Israel, through the, uh, the sea, and then, you know, Miriam comes out with the tambourines. So we see music uh, in a way to declare declare praise to God after something mighty has happened, but also before, like Absolutely. when Paul and Silas are in prison, they're, they haven't actually got out yet, and yeah. yet they're they're singing praises. So we see it in all these different aspects. Yeah. Um, let's move to the next question here. So what's the kind of the difference then in singing, you know, worship music at home and singing it at church corporately, right? So like a lot of people think, I don't want to sing at church, I'm shy or whatever, right. um, and I'd just rather do that at home. Yeah. I, I think it's important to to recognize why we gather, mm. um, because if people don't have an understanding of that, then there's a sense, well, I can, I can praise the Lord anywhere, and right. that's true, but there's something uniquely special about when God's people gather. And and we gather uh, because uh, we're, we're prone to wander, we're yeah. prone to leave the God we love, we're prone to forget um, who Jesus is, 
who God is and what God has done for us in Christ. So we, we never wander into a deeper walk with Jesus. We mm-hmm. never wander into holiness. Uh, we're prone to wander, and we always wander away from God. Um, you know, the world, our flesh, the devil, they're always at work uh, in our lives to make sure that we're drifting, yeah. and we're never drifting towards God. That's a good point, yeah. Um, Hebrews 10, 23, 25, one of my favorite passages of Scripture tells us this, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. And here it is, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Mm. And so we, we gather to spur one another on, we gather to remember uh, what Jesus has done for us. We gather to remember who he is. We gather to realign our focus. We yeah. gather, as 1 Corinthians 14, 26 tells us, to build one another up. Yeah. We gather uh, to sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and make music to the Lord. We gather to remember the message of Christ, yeah. that we want all of its richness to fill our lives. And then we, we teach and we counsel and we sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to the Lord. So, you know, the, the Hebrew writer, he's a young pastor that's writing to this house church. And they're, you know, when he's saying, don't neglect to meet together, um, the, the, the reality for them was in, when they met, uh, that, that there was the possibility of, of, of possible martyrdom or being killed for their faith. Um, that's not a, our reality. Yeah. And yet we have all the reasons why we shouldn't gather. Yeah. And yet this this young pastor is saying, don't neglect because what you feel like, hey, if I'm gonna do this, I could possibly be martyred, but your faith will not even remain strengthened unless you gather and encourage one another mm. and build one another up and remind one another. So the purpose of going to church <laughs> and being in a church that proclaims Jesus Christ yeah. is so that we would be built up, so that we would, as we scatter and 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 our culture and our world and, and our flesh and the devil's waging war against us to say, look at, you don't, you know, you're, you're, you can't stay faithful. You can't stay strong. We're, we gather to remember yeah. and we gather to, to be freshly affected by right. God's spirit. And, and as he shows us again, the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, uh, we're, we're fired up and yeah, we're, we're encouraged good. for a new so week. Good. And as you're saying that, you're, you're just bringing it to the core kind of heart issue, which is gathering as the church to glorify Christ. And as you're saying that, I'm thinking about, you know, singing songs of worship to Jesus. And that is a beautiful way to see that happen because you're being taught these things in such the, uh, in such a way that is that uh, you can't just read. You know, there's something about the actual singing alongside your family and right. your friends, these truths. Right. You know? Yeah. And, and you're modeling yeah. As well, you're modeling to your children if you're a parent. Yeah. Uh, if you're not a parent, you're you're modeling to everyone around you that that what I do here is is priority in my life because yeah. Jesus, what Jesus cares about most is his church. Yeah, and so we should care most about that. As That's well. so good. That's awesome. Um, how can a church sort of best provide a time of of worshiping through music uh, in in their service? Yeah. So, and this break it's broken down into different questions. Like, what can they do practically, yeah, uh, as a church to provide that best time? I mean, I think the the thing that sticks out to me most is um, 
that that our focus would be on Jesus. Yeah. Um, there's we're definitely in a culture where there's it's there's far more man-centered reasons mm-hmm. for why we do what we do, and and we see we've seemed to lost sight of 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 focusing on Jesus. So to to provide a uh, a time of worshiping God through music. The best ways the church can do that would 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 maybe we start by by asking this question: um, What does God think about our present gathering? Because mm. um, we care a lot what everyone else thinks, um, and uh, even even our the focus of our songs many times is where there's a, there can be a real man centeredness where it's God is a a means to my end, right. but God is not the end. So God is a means so that, you know, he, God God is God so that he can do everything I want him to do right. for me. So I can get out of this pit. And I'll versus yeah. God is God yeah. and there's nothing else I need mm-hmm. but him. And so, um, you know, d- don't sing what everybody else is singing because it's popular, but uh, sing songs as a means to magnifying Christ. Right. Sing songs that sing that speak of His work and His worth. I was thinking uh, just the last few days ago, uh, Charles and John Wesley, they wrote over 6,500 hymns wow. uh, together. Uh, they produced 56 hymnals that covered every aspect of Christian doctrine and experience. Um, Wild. And what they wanted to do is they wanted to teach the church through their songs, and their songs were soaked and saturated with the word of Christ. Um, so songs, th- this is really helpful. Songs should never replace our preaching, but songs can serve a significant uh, means to complement our preaching. Mm. So, um, you know, I ask people often uh, on by, on Wednesday, what did I preach about this Sunday? And they can usually uh, talk back to me and say, they can tell me an illustration or a story. Sure. <laughs> um, but but if, if I was to jump in right now and say, my hope is built on nothing less but Jesus' blood and righteousness, you could quickly sure. probably say the rest of that line, yeah. I care not, dare not trust the yeah. sweetest frame. Holy trust get, in Jesus' name. Yeah. yeah. And it's amazing how, how these songs teach. So yeah. Bob Coughlin once said, the question we need to ask today is this, if the teaching in our church was limited to the songs we sing, uh, how well would the church be taught? How well would we know God? Right. And so I, yeah. I, you know, I think it's vitally important that worshiping God through music is that, that our focus be on Jesus. Because right. what we need uh, more than anything else is we need a fresh um, revelation. We need a. We need the Spirit to awaken Jesus to us, so that we we understand afresh what, what this is all about. Yeah. I th- I think we forget, and we make we make our Sunday gatherings, and we make it all about the the next latest, greatest, the best. Sure. If we could just get this, if we could just do it like they're doing it down the street, then we're going to really worship. Yeah. R- real worship is hearts engaged. With Jesus Christ, where where we have right thoughts about Him in our head, and it yeah. leads to right affections in my heart, and it leads to right responses in my body. Yeah, that's so good. I think uh, I was I was reading a little while ago about Luther, and he said something about uh, a pastor. Uh, should be able to sing. And his whole idea was that, you know, a pastor, uh, or I guess a church's ability to sing, uh, you know, solid worship songs is only, is to the only extent of the pastor's also ability to know that and push for that as well. So uh, as you say that, I'm like, 
in order for worship to actually be of value in a church, if and only for church to glorify Christ, the pastor, the lead pastor, or the elders need to know the importance of singing right. uh, those songs, those solid songs as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. Um, in your experience, because you've obviously traveled a lot, you've done a lot of different uh, worship conferences and workshops and all that. How have you seen, uh, and I can almost guess your answer here, but how have you seen corporate worship really impact, really impact lives mm. in your experience? Yeah. Uh, you know, I think uh, for me, I, like the Lord's just been doing some great stuff in my life in the last three months in particular. And and it's it's amazing how we're we're so prone to make it something else than mm-hmm. what it's supposed to be, and um, I, I feel like uh, you know if I if I would have anything to say to anyone it would be uh, love love Jesus as a worship leader love mm-hmm. Jesus with all your heart the greatest gift you could give the congregation that you're leading would be your your own personal holiness and devotion to Jesus right. and then spread a banquet of of the glory and the beauty of Christ before your people through the songs you're picking, uh, through the scriptures you're intermingling, so that when our congregations are coming in through the door and they're far more aware of their sin, uh, their deficiencies, the things are not doing well, they haven't haven't been living up to, uh, spread a banquet that says, hey, guess what? Uh, in light of how your week's gone, in light of what happened this morning on the way to work, we're not going to sing songs about what you haven't done and how much you need to mm. do better. We're going to sing songs about who Jesus is and what Jesus has done, yeah. and we're going to remember that, yeah. and that's going to fuel your heart. The old song that Matt Redman wrote, he said, I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it. I'm coming back. Uh, and I and I, I feel like that's what the Lord's been doing to me, mm. and, and, and I would say to, to worship leaders out there, I would say to, to churches out there, Come, come back to that mm-hmm. heart where it's all about Jesus, yeah. and 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 maybe we need to simplify some of the bigger churches that that uh, you know it, it's it's production, it's production. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with production, but production when when it's not a, no longer a secondary thing, yeah. and it's a primary thing. Uh, we we want to keep Jesus as primary. And, and we need to be saying, I think the question is, every church should be saying is, what does God think? When, yeah. when the gathering's over, um, what, what did God think about this gathering? Was Christ clearly portrayed, not only in the preaching section, yeah. Yeah. but in our singing, in our praying, in our fellowship? That was my conversation with pastor and worship leader, Pat Sabell. Um, Britt, you uh, are a worship leader yourself. Mm-hmm. You have sort of grown up with a family that loves music and worship Jesus through music. So why don't you kind of explain a little bit about, you know, sort of how you've grown up in your uh, life as a worship leader? Yeah. Um, so my parents were both musicians and leaders in the church, and so they definitely did their fair share of worship leading. So as a kid growing up in that, um, I saw it and I was a part of it. And I remember learning to sing harmonies because my mom was standing beside me in church, belting them out. And (laughs) I would just copy what she did. Right. So definitely I was like nurtured in that environment. And then I started singing and playing guitar at a young age and, and 
kind of paired that with my love for Jesus, and then it led to right. it led to worship leading. Um, when did you actually start like writing songs and and sort of playing music <laughs> to Jesus and all that stuff? Uh, I think I was ten when I wrote my first song. What was your? Do you remember what your first song was? No, I. I hijacked a Britney Spears song, no joke, and like changed her lyrics to Jesus lyrics. Really? Yeah. That's pretty good. That was that, was, that was probably the first song. Um, but yeah, then just from there, um, I was a part of the worship team in my high school. Um, my last two years, I went to a Christian high school and they had a worship team. So there was a lot of growth and challenge there where I probably like was able to lead by myself for the right. first time. And that was stretching because you're leading a bunch of your peers and you're 16 years old and you're at school. Like it was crazy. I remember like being sick every Thursday morning before chapel because I had to lead worship. It was a horrible experience. Um, And then, yeah. And then throughout, you know, church, Bible college, whatever, um, after, like throughout my Bible college, I started going to Pat's church because like you said, my sister and, and is married to his son. So that was just a natural connection. And then um, I got involved on the worship team there. And uh, one thing that Pat did was he didn't just let anyone on the worship team. It wasn't just, oh, you're a musician and you have talent. I want you on the team. He really invested in your character and also like making sure that you put Jesus before anything else, before your talent, before... Um, yeah, your voice tone, your right. electric looks, whatever it was, like he wanted people who loved Jesus because no matter if you're playing bass or singing, you're all on stage being yeah. examples of worshipers. Yeah. Um, how did your view of, how did your view of, uh, kind of worshiping through Jesus through music, uh, before you kind of met Pat and were sort of mentored in, in his church, you know, by him, how did that sort of change or what was the... Did it change or did it just grow? Or what What do you kind of think? I think both. Okay. Um, definitely, as I matured, even just as an individual and in learning how to think <laughs> deeper right. and not just yeah. a 16-year-old brain, um, I realized that, and through Pat's leadership, that the, the songs that we choose for a set, they have to connect with each other and they have to serve the greater purpose of the church service as a whole. Right. Um, so it wasn't just pick five top songs that everyone loves to sing at church. It was these songs have to be theologically sound. These songs have to um, flow with each other, even in the set list themselves. Like you don't want to sing a bunch of songs about the Holy Spirit coming because you're saying the same thing in just right. five different ways, you know. Right. So making sure that you're picking aspects um, of the service and that's gonna they're going to fit together. And then also um, something that's going to serve the sermon. Right. So, yeah, I think ways that I grew, like from when I what I did then to what I yeah. do now is um, definitely choosing songs earlier on in the week yeah. so that you have prepared you're you're preparing yourself all week yeah. to lead this worship service on a Sunday morning. Right. Exactly. Um, and so with that comes praying, you yeah. know, and just even meditating on the words of the songs and, right. you know, having 
having those kind of mull over in your brain. Yeah. I think, I think, uh, as you say that, I'm just reminded that I think a lot of people have forgotten, uh, the fact that music teaches, like mm-hmm. what the lyrics are saying is teaching people. Uh, they don't think of it that way. They don't sit, they don't listen to a song as if with a mindset, oh, I'm, I'm being taught like they would when they're in a classroom. Yeah. Right. Exactly. But the truth is, is that they are being taught theology. Yeah. So if songs are, if worship songs in church are very ambiguous and very poetic, they're learning poetry, mm-hmm. but they're not really learning anything about God about per se. God, yeah, and that's going to affect the way you you worship on a Sunday morning because if you don't have, if the words of the song aren't um, activating your heart to respond, then you're just going to be singing about your own kind of individual circumstances right. as a response to the. Um, the, to the ambiguous language um, of a song. So absolutely, like, songs teach, and we forget that. And we don't want to be lazy. Like, musicians, and I feel like I can say this because I am one, so, <laughs> um, but, like, we're classic for procrastinating and yeah. for, especially growing up in the church, sometimes you, if it's been modeled that it music is just, you just go with where the Spirit leads you, and you can just select songs in the morning and, you know, we'll just pick our favorite ones. Like you're not holding your, your role as a worship leader, um, responsibly, Mm -hmm. you know, you're kind of, you're being lazy with it. So we have to know as worship leaders that this is a very significant role that we play in, in the church service. That's so good. Well, thank you for those, those words, Britt. You're welcome. Very good. Uh, that wraps up the Indope podcast show today. If you want to ask any questions, if you have any thoughts on singing and worship music in the church, which many people do, uh, I encourage you to ask uh, those questions to us. You can actually go to our uh, post, our episode post on our Facebook page. It'll be posted uh, on Monday and uh, you can comment on there or you can email us at info at and ask those questions and we will do our best to answer those. Um, if you're not following us on any social media networks, please do that facebook instagram twitter uh keep up to date on the new things that are coming up and so on um i look forward to next week when i get to share with you my conversation with jeff vanderstelt but until then i'm isaac i'm Brittany, and this is the endo podcast The In Doubt podcast is a part of Back to the Bible Canada's young adult ministry, In Doubt. All of Back to the Bible Canada's ministry programs and resources are created for the purpose of leading people forward in their walk with Jesus every day. For more information on all things Back to the Bible Canada, visit backtothebible.ca.